know, I, I think it is really noble and really great to want to go and stream and, and, and give of yourself. But you have to realize, like, you have to ask yourself and really be honest, like, do I have the skill set to be able to provide the service that streaming requires? You're listening to the NCMU podcast, where we are dedicated to raising up the next generation of nerd culture missionaries. In episode five, I am joined by Susie Live as we get into his streaming journey, how he got started as one of the very first people who saw Twitch as an opportunity to tell people about Jesus and spread the gospel. He gives some great advice for people who are getting into it now, almost eight and a half years after he went live for the very first time. It's an incredible conversation about how God has worked powerfully in his life and through his streaming ministry. And now here is your host, Mark Lutz from Lux Digital Church. Hello and welcome back to the NCMU podcast. I am your host, Mark from Lux Digital Church. And with me today, I am joined uh, by the esteemed and good friend of mine, uh, Susie Live. Unfortunately, Savage is at... Uh, a board meeting today and so he is unable to be able to make it for this episode so you're not going to get that really silky sultry voice uh you're gonna have to deal with these two voices Susie, how you doing today man i'm doing amazing man honor to be back i appreciate the opportunity and i uh, looking forward to having a great conversation man yeah i'm really i'm really looking forward to it as well listen if you guys listened to one of the previous uh ncmu podcast episodes i think just a couple of weeks ago actually we had um both matt and amanda on yeah. Um, when they were talking about the sort of the story of God Squad Church and how it got started and all of those sorts of things. Um, and we said we were going to have Matt back to have a chat about his streaming thing um, and his streaming thing, his streaming like life, like right? like your whole life, um, because that has, you know, your your life has really been uh, that narrative. Right. You and Amanda's life together. Yeah. It hasn't just been God Squad Church. Uh, it's been your live streaming and, and what you've been doing online. Um, I'm, you know, there's people who are listening into this episode. I know at this point, some people from uh, maybe the church digital and stuff would be tuning in. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, why you're on the show, what you're doing, um, because I think it would be really helpful for people just to kind of get to know you a little bit before we dive in. Yeah. So my, my real name is Matt Souza online. I go by Susie Live. I have been a gamer my whole life. I think the first game I ever played my dad introduced me to, which my dad's not a huge gamer, but. We had, a, you know, an original Nintendo NES. We played Super Mario and Sega Genesis and Sonic and all those games growing up. And as we grew up, I do have one brother. And like I said, my dad and my brother, it became very evident that they kind of just wanted to play video games when we were super young. But for me, it was evident that it was something that I kind of kept doing as I was a teenager and even into my adult life. And it was very evident that I was the only actual hardcore gamer in the family. And uh, I've just been gaming for so long. But a lot of those years, like I, I spent gaming by myself. It was not, especially as someone that grew up in church, it was not, uh, you know, very heavily talked about or even, you know, very heavily praised in the church world. And being a gamer has honestly shaped so much of my life because it's given me a passion to be able to really reach people that are isolated, really reach people that are overlooked. And so gaming, like I, just, I really can't tell my story without talking about Jesus. And I really can't tell my story without talking about video games. And so like today, being able to kind of, kind of combine those things and using live streaming on Twitch, which is what I do majority mm -hmm. of most of my days, to be able to not only 
talk about our passion for gaming, but connect people to the love of Jesus who don't go to church is something that I just, uh, it's my job and my hobby and my passion all wrapped up in one. And so, I mean, just a little bit about me. I've, I've just been a massive nerdy gamer, but these days I'm finally proud and excited about it when versus when I was younger, it was kind of <laughs> like, you know, taboo, let's not talk about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just one of the greatest stories for me. And I, I absolutely love gaming and streaming and connecting with people around the world. Sure. Those of us, you know, the kids who the, the world knew that they were a nerdy gamer when we were younger got isolated to very oh. specific lunchroom tables. Yeah, man. Um, and so you really had to, uh, you had to mask it. I oftentimes tell my friends who are Dungeons and Dragons players who grew up in the 80s, um, I like, I, I thank them. I thank them in some ways, like I would thank a soldier. Um, like, right? Like, they paved the way, thank paid the you. Price. Yes, thank you for paying the price uh, so that I can have what I have today. Yep. Um, you know, because in so many ways, uh, even in the era, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, Matt, but even in the era I'm sure that you grew up in, uh, you know, that it really, you know, gaming was something that was still kind of, I don't know if it was faux pas or if it was sort of, uh, it wasn't, I don't know, controversial. It certainly was within the church. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I, yeah, and I think that that's an important thing to point out because I think the vast majority of people who are going to listen to the show are either A, people who are in church and are gamers, or B, are people who lead churches and are interested in reaching gamers. Yep. And, uh, you know, getting on the soapbox and screaming, um, all these boys are wasting their time on video games instead of becoming real men of God and yep. learning how to serve Jesus and chop wood. Um, is not the most, uh, you know, I just alienated a, a, a good chunk of the Bible Belt right there. Um, oh, there's man. like, <laughs> there's a whole swath of Georgia that just turned off. That, that is episode. unsubscribed. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're done. Um, but uh, you know, I think that is the mentality that that you probably grew up in. It's certainly the mentality that I grew up in. Um, that, and, and I'm curious to know, like, when you. Because I want to I want to hear your sort of like the, you know, the narrative of how you got started. Sure. Um, but if we could jump a little ahead before we go back to the beginning, um, how did you work through some of those feelings or emotions or conversations when you were explaining for the first time, I'm going to be playing video games full time live on the Internet. And you had those like you're going to be doing what? that's not real like oh, yeah. how did you work through some of those i think those are very real and difficult conversations for us to have with church members but also parents yeah. you know uncles and aunts all that sort of stuff well i have experienced both extreme levels of support and extremes levels of ex you know extreme discouragement and yeah, there's really not much in between yeah them, right like it the people one another yeah there, there really <laughs> isn't and you know obviously the first person i shared the idea with was obviously my wife amanda who is 10 times the human being that I am and incredibly grateful to have her wouldn't be where I am without my best friend and my wife. And I remember coming to her and I'll be honest, it wasn't a hard sell for my wife for getting her behind the vision because really the way I try to explain to people is it's actually not about the video games. It's, it's about the people. And so my wife very quickly was able to be on board, be like, I understand, you know, we're reaching people that are far from Jesus, even though back then she wasn't a gamer. Now she is. I've converted her ways. Come on, somebody. But, you know, she uh, <laughs> she she understood it so quickly because it was about the people. She wasn't able to just be like turned off by like, I, I can't get past the video game part. She could see into the lives of the people that are being affected. But that was not everybody. Right. Uh, most mm. people that I encountered besides my wife 
and my pastor and my parents, who actually, to be honest, surprisingly, this is not going to be everyone's story, uh, were not a hard sell either. Um, my mm. parents, they just believed in it. and But I also had some proof to back up, like, this is what I've done. This is the impact it's already had. And this is some of the, the income I've been able to bring from it. So I had some kind of proof before I went to my parents, uh, just to let them know. I mean, I wasn't not obviously asking permission, but <laughs> I was, you know, giving them information. But honestly, well, most some listeners people, will be. Yeah, like absolutely. Some listeners might be 15, 16, 17, 18 and are trying to get into this, right? And they're trying to convince their parents it's okay for them to buy a webcam for sure. to be able to get into live streaming and doing it, you know, as an evangelist in some capacity. And so I, I do think that that, I like that, you know, you're not going for permission, but there are some listeners who will be. may be going for permission. Absolutely. Like that's what they're going to ask. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and they should, if they are under their, their parents, you know, uh, roof and following their rules, you know, my, uh, I've heard the saying that I love uh, the golden rule. Uh, if I make the gold, I make the rules. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so get your parents permission. That's the first step right yeah. there. But uh, honestly, for most people, and I think this is what you were really getting at, Mark, is yeah, most people always met with insane amounts of rejection. I would sit down across the table with a pastor and and share the vision, share the lives that are being changed. Again, I use a phrase a lot. It's not about it's not about what we're playing on the screen. It's about the people behind the screen. And even, I mean, hearing about salvations and people getting plugged into local churches and getting water baptized, it just did not matter. They could not look past video games. As soon as I said video games, I eventually started like sharing all the stories first and then sharing, here's how I got there after. And still, yeah. still, didn't, still didn't matter. I was met with tons of rejection pastors telling me like, I want to help you. And the best way I can help you is to stop while you're ahead. It's the, that's the best way I can serve you is tell you to change course. And oh, yeah, I was oh, met with, yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, I, the, the, the amount of times I've been quoted, oh, you know, when God. I, uh, when I was a child, when I was a child, I did childish things. But when I became a man, I put childish things behind me. Uh, it's like that verse was not about video games. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was well, not. You didn't know that Jesus was specifically talking about the internet. You know, he was. He actually wasn't talking about anything else except I love it when people quote the Bible to me and insist that Paul or Jesus were talking about the Internet. I, <laughs> I, I, I love it that I, I know so many like so many people that I that I've talked to who've done that to me. They're like they harp on the importance of proper biblical interpretation yeah. and exegesis over eisegesis. And then they will eisegesis me with the Internet every single time. <laughs> hey, guys, the just a heads up. The Bible is non-biblical. It's not it's not against not anti-biblical it's non-biblical it's not against the bible it just isn't in the bible yeah. so assuming that the bible specifically talks about the internet if you're listening in or gaming is wrong that's called eisegesis don't do it stop doing it there are principles in the bible that tell us how to relate to one another using the internet absolutely but there are nothing in the bible that tell that even speaks a hint about the internet yep. so um, and if you're trying to pull some some strange passage about a beast from the sea in Revelation for me and saying that's the Internet, the digital sea, like <laughs> uh, we, we have entirely different set of problems. OK, I'm going to get off the soapbox. Sure, sure. I'm going to get off the soapbox, the exegesis, exegesis soapbox. OK, OK, OK. <laughs> but yeah, most people I was met with a lot of negativity and rejection, no matter how hard I shared the vision or the purpose behind it. Most people, especially in the church, were very, very much against what I what I was doing. 100 percent. Yeah. But then again, you were starting in this. And we're going to talk about the passion that started it. And almost immediately 
you began not only seeing life change, but you began recognizing that you were meeting people who were in churches, but had no voice and no place in those churches, and who were immediately finding voice and place inside of your community because it spoke their language. So tell me about, um, tell me about like the early days, like the, hey, we just got started, uh, and, and this is, you know, this is what it was like as I was praying through what God wanted for, for us at the beginning. Yeah, so really, honestly, the way that all of this started, uh, I'll, I'll try to give a quick recap of like the why behind the what and then going into the specifics. Uh, honestly, a lot of this started really because for two reasons. One, my desire to share my faith in Jesus with people. But, but very practically, it started because like you mentioned earlier, like some of these nerds had a, a very real lunch table at school. And honestly, that is like 100% my story where there was a lunch table for all of the World of Warcraft players, which if people follow my journey, I'm a huge World of Warcraft fan. And there was this table where the, where the World of Warcraft players sat. And I did not sit at that table. Because for you to go over to that table mm. would mean that you were not allowed to come back to the other tables. And it, you'd be throwing your social life out the window. And to be honest, I would look at that table every day from where I was sitting and wish I would go over. Like trying to muster up the strength. and be like, but I, mm. I'm sure we'd get along so well. We could talk about so much. And I can look back now as an adult in my 30s with a, not that I want to live in regret in the past, but with, with some remorse that I never mustered up the courage to, co to go connect with people that were like me. And so one of my passions as I kind of started all of this was I just really realized to myself, like never again will I miss an opportunity to go sit at the table. Never again will I pass up an opportunity to go connect with people that are like me. And it really started asking the question of like, okay, well, how can I not only go to the table, but how can I create a table that other mm. people can come sit at where we can bond on this common interest and then I can use that platform to then solve another problem, which is the fact that gamers like me mostly stay home. And so how do we reach the, how do we get the gospel to people who don't leave their homes? So mm. it was, and that, mm. that can be an overgeneralization, but you know, most gamers are spending most of their free time at home. They're not in your church. And like you mentioned earlier, even when I did get some Christians in my stream, a lot of them were like, I go to a church, but it is very evident they, they, they do not understand me. And so yep. there was a disconnect. And so all I'll pastors, all pastors ask, like, what do you think a non-Christian gamer thinks about my church? The answer is they don't. They don't think about your at church all. at all. Not even a little they bit. Don't, they, don't, <laughs> they don't even, they don't consider it. Uh, they see your sign. They don't even see your sign. You know, they drive past it. They might as well not have driven past yeah. it. They don't think about it. If they're not a Christian and they're not looking for a church, guess what? They don't think anything about your church. Right. They have. Yeah, n nothing at all. I'm sorry, go ahead. And if they do, it's it's not positive because uh, we ran into that. Yes. People, and I talked about that in the le last episode, people going to church and then getting told to change their video game shirts. And so they were like, mm. never coming back here again. And But yeah, but to get back to my story, those were a big passion of mine. One, how do I, uh, how do I create a table for gamers to sit at and then use it as a platform to uh, you know, share the story of Jesus? And so honestly, for me, I had no idea what it was going to look like. And so I literally went on Google and started Googling like, you know, gaming communities, like how to build a gaming community. And long story short, that was when I found Twitch. Back in 2014, mm -hmm. I'd never heard of it. And I click on this video and there's 25,000 people watching this video. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't understand it. I thought it was a, like, a, like I thought it was a group of people watching a YouTube video together. And I was like, like a premiere. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is so cool. They're here enjoying gamers, enjoying this gamer video together. And then they're, they're asking questions. And I was like, this is like, this is real community. They're even dialoguing with each other. 
and then I hear the guy on the screen. His name was Summit One G, by the way, very large streamer. Mm. I see him answer the question, and I realize like this is happening real live in the moment. And I just yes. immediately asked myself, can you imagine if these people were, if this guy was sharing with them the love of Jesus? And I just knew immediately, like someone, I started looking up, is anyone doing this? Are there Christian streamers? I couldn't find anyone. Um, I had heard about another thing called, um, I think it was called Game Church, but they were very different than like live streaming and Twitch. And I was like, is anyone sharing the gospel on twitch.tv? And uh, I couldn't find a single person. And so I went to my wife and I was like, babe, can I, can I get an Xbox with the camera thing and give this thing a try? <laughs> and that was how I started. No camera, no technology, no production, no nothing. Just identified a problem, wanted to provide a solution and, and just turned it on. I wasn't ready, didn't know what I was doing, started before I had any clue what was going on and just made, I was a pastor working at a local church and just made my title a pastor playing Halo. And mm. back then there was so few people broadcasting on Twitch, it was not hard to find. And the title wasn't, you know, is intriguing and people were like, there's no way it's a real pastor clicking. And so we sure. just, people would join it. We just started having real dialogue about Jesus. I remember my first viewer, his name was XOXO Satan. And he said, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just got off the phone with the devil. He said, Jesus is not real. And, and it just opened up a great dialogue. And, and I'm not going to tell you that, you know, that guy got on his knees and repented of his sins, but he did say something along the lines of, you know, thank you for having a really actually just good conversation. This, this has kind of changed my view of Christianity and Christian people. Mm -hmm. And from there, day in a few times a week, we just started going on Twitch and sharing the gospel. And, and, you know, it was a, it was a crazy journey, but I hope that the, the takeaway that people take from that is like, you're going to start before you're ready. You don't need, you don't need a ton of equipment. You know, if you're watching this on a video format, you can see the cool room that I've built over the course of eight and a half years. I didn't have any of this. I didn't have this microphone. I, I didn't have background music. There was no alerts that popped up. It was just a, a man with a mission, a passion to reach people far from Jesus. And, and people could tell it was, it was authentic and don't get caught up in, all of the high tech quality and I, I need this before I start, mm -hmm. just start before you're ready, get up there, turn the camera on. And if you really feel like God is calling you to do this, I'm not saying quit your job, but I'm saying you can start while keeping your job, which is what I did. I had a job while doing it on the side and just start before you're ready and see where God takes it and just go on and start telling people about Jesus. Yeah. Well now, Matt, I want to touch on this too, because there's, I mean, if we're being honest, right? There's a pretty substantial difference between clicking go live uh, in 2014 and clicking go live in 2023. Absolutely. Um, like there is, I mean, there is a, a, a big jump between those two things, yep. you know? Um, and I totally get the like start big. I think, I think people come in with some, uh, I think they come in with some level of expectation, right? Cause most of us don't hang out in streams with low quality and one person or zero Not people today, watching. Yeah. yeah, that just doesn't happen, right? Because you, you have a you have a hundred different options in every category, uh, every game, right? That at least, right? If you go into the League of Legends category, you've got thousands of different options yeah. of people that you can watch um in gameplay. We all know it's like hard to niche down, figure out who you're trying to 
you know, reach with the content that you're making and really get into your sort of sweet spot, you know, unless you're a pro gamer or something and you're coming with a tremendous number of clout to the stream, when you click go live, you know, for a while, there's not going to be a lot of people. And so talk to me about those early, those early days when you, you know, you really did, you saw one, two people maybe coming in or there were times and just weren't streaming to anybody. Um, and maybe you didn't have that experience, yeah. but um, what was that? What, what was those early days like in terms of, you know, feeling um, defeated sometimes or, you know, trying to push through to go live again? Yeah, I mean, 100 percent. Like even even though back then it was definitely easier to start than it is now. Um, I definitely for months lived in a world where there's one or two viewers and one of them was my phone logged into a different account on the table next to me <laughs> to get an extra fee viewer. You know, like with those days, they were very real. Yes. And yes. you really do a few things that I did to push through that were I'll give one kind of mindset and then one practical tip. The mindset is super important is especially when starting anything. I didn't think about just where I was, but I thought about where I wanted to be. And I always mm -hmm. kept that that why in the vision ahead of me so that even though, sure, like you, you're going to feel the moments of discouragement, like nobody's listening, nobody's watching. Is anyone even here? But thinking about not just where am I today, but where do I want to be tomorrow and the lives I want to impact kept me pushing. And I, in terms of an actual like live streaming, I want to I, I want to deliver a product and perform at a level not of where like where I'm at now, but again, where I want to be. So like, and this, I try to apply to everything in my life. I want to, I can't be perfect. No one is, but I want to deliver a level of excellence that if I have to ask myself, if there were more people in the room, would I deliver better? If the answer is yes, well, why aren't you doing it now then? Right. Mm -hmm. If I'm speaking to 10 people or 10,000 people, why didn't you prepare a better message? <laughs> sure. If you, sure, like, sure, sure, sure. Like the amount of people there shouldn't affect the the level of quality and when i say quality i don't mean cameras i just mean like what what you can physically give with what you have and so i was trying to put on the best stream possible whether somebody was there or not so i'm literally from practical advice nobody's there I, i'm commentating my gameplay not knowing if people are are are, are watching i'm I, i'm cracking jokes don't know if anyone's there i'm making funny comments <laughs> i'm asking questions in like starting dialogue not knowing if someone is going to be there to answer and then like i'd be like so like hey what'd you guys do today and then i'd go into like what i did today and like <laughs> nobody's there listening but at the off chance what if somebody comes in mid-conversation mm -hmm. and because i'm like well nobody's here well then i'm just doing this who wants to watch that and you know how, like nobody well people click off so quickly oh so right? quickly if i go into a stream and there's no there's nothing happening and no one talking um, I'm usually gone within I've learned now because I, I did stream and I went through kind of those early days, right? Like my stream has never been as big as what you're doing, Matt. It, it won't be. Um, but I, I remembered from those first couple of days when I would stream to, you know, two or three people or nobody, you know, I, my friends and my phone, um, like the, the, the sort of like feeling of frustration that people will just click in and click out. And now what I'll do is I'll go into a stream that has nobody in it. And I'll say something in the comments and see how long it takes them to respond to me at least. Yeah. Right. But, but for most people, you're right. If they click into your stream and it loads and you're not talking, they're clicking into a new stream. Absolutely. And, and the thing that this is a real practical tech side of Twitch is that the viewer count number only updates between 30 and 60 seconds. So the real thing to understand is if you have uh, one viewer by simply having your own tab open, you can have one view. If you assume that nobody is there, what can happen is, is somebody could have joined, saw you saying nothing, 
for 15 seconds and left before the 30 second to one minute, like, you know, refresh of the, of the viewer count happens. And you, you were like, man, nobody watched my stream today, but actually you might've had 11 people throughout your four hour broadcast join, but because you were doing nothing worth watching, then they left before the update, the timer ever updated. And you never even knew they were there. So it's just, and, and, and it is, it can be exhausting. That's why live streaming is not for everyone. You got to do your best to be on your A game the entire time you're live. Yeah. Just challenging. Yep. Challenging for sure. Which, you know what, I think speaks to another question that I think is a really good one for people who are sitting back and they're saying, I think I would like to get into this maybe, right? And maybe they're looking at like, well, the only way I can get into it is uh, because I've just talked to people and I feel really bad, right? Who have who've tried to get into streaming and they have invested, you know, a grand on an interface and yeah. a microphone and a, a half decent camera, right? They got a setup, they put a thousand dollars into it and then they click go live. And what they think is playing video games for people to watch. And it's really like, oh, it's just another chance for me to game. What you realize is that streaming and gaming are vastly different things. Absolutely. You might think they are the same, but they are there. I mean, there are a handful of games that I won't stream just be entirely honest with you because I want to enjoy them. Sure, yeah, right. Absolutely. I actually want to enjoy it. Like, I will not stream Tears of the Kingdom right now, and I'm not streaming Destiny right now in part because I just want to enjoy those games. Yeah. And my ability to enjoy those games is substantially decreased whenever I'm streaming sure. um, because the way that you make content while streaming is just so different than just, hey, you know, I want to, you know, I want to sit back and, you know, Relax. grab a drink and just decompress and, and just, you know, fall into Hyrule. Um, you can't do that when you, when the lights are on and the camera's on and you're streaming, you're talking to the mic. So do me a favor and let's just talk to a moment to that person who's thinking about it. They're thinking about getting into it and they really think that they're really just going to get on the internet and find another excuse to play video games. It's just going to be like playing video games. Um, what would you tell that person about streaming that they're going to experience pretty quickly? Yeah, Absolutely. The biggest thing that I want you to understand about streaming is streaming is a form of giving. You are, a lot of people want to get into streaming. Oh, I want to get into streaming. Because it's, you know, it's easy money, bro. I just turn on the camera. People just throw money yeah. at me. Good luck. And, yeah, good luck. And the reality is, sure, can people give money? But people will often give money as a form of a tip because you have provided them with a service, right? I don't tip waitresses who didn't bring me food. <laughs> and so you have to realize like, Streaming is providing the service to the people and you have to realize, okay, well, what is service? Service is not, I'm going to turn the camera on, relax and enjoy my time. The stream is not there for you. You are there for the audience. So it is a form of giving. That means you're, you're being interactive. That means you're thinking through how can I provide an experience for them? Stream is, it's not for you. It is for the people that are watching. So I, I do just want people to be, to be, just be aware you know, I, I think it is really noble and really great to want to go and stream and, and, and give of yourself. But you have to realize, like, you have to ask yourself and really be honest, like, do I have the skill set to be able to provide the service that streaming requires? So mm -hmm. it, it could be equated to singing. Uh, if you want to be a singer, it's great. Do you have the ability to sing? Do you have the skill set required? And then if I do... When you get up on stage, sure, there's an element that you are enjoying singing too, but people aren't there to watch you do something just because you enjoy it. They are there to receive of the gift that you're trying to share with them. And really that's what streaming is. 
it's got to be something you enjoy, but you do have to understand like whether you're getting paid for it or not, it is going to feel like work because it is going to look drastically different than if you were just sitting alone in your room playing a video game. When I'm alone in my room, I'm not answering questions. I'm not doing what the chat might ask of me. I'm not really concerned with another human being. You know? <laughs> I'm just doing my thing. And people go into streaming, which is a service, and then they, they want to only receive rather than give, and then they wonder why it's not working when a reality is they have to understand it's a different ball game. Like you said, it's different than just playing a video game. And if people want to get into it, I just would encourage them to ask themselves, you know, one, do I have the skills necessary? And if, and if, and if I don't, can I learn them? And then really ask yourself, like, do I have anything more that I want to give? A lot of people don't want to get into streaming, which I think is very viable because after a long day of working and giving them themselves, well, now I want to decompress. Mm -hmm. But to go into streaming thinking that it's only going to be receiving rather than giving, I think would be a, a false misconception. Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to close in a minute with what you would share with someone who's, you know, maybe thinking about getting started as a digital missionary right now. But I, I just want to I want to reinforce that. I think for me, when it came to starting Lux, um, there was a lot of things that we sacrificed sure. when we started Lux. Like we took the pay cut and we stepped into the unknown and, you know, there was a lot of risk involved with what we were doing. Absolutely. There's a lot of risk involved with what you and Amanda did. Um, but for me, like the personal sacrifice, right? Like I was excited to do many of the things that Lux was going to do. I love vision casting. I love new things. I love innovating. I love pioneering, right? Those are things that get me out of bed in the morning. Sure, Exhausting. Yeah. Yes. But they get me out yeah, of bed in the morning. You. Yeah, but the, they do. They fuel me. But the thing that was the greatest sacrifice for me personally, like Mark was, it took me about six months to a year of leading Lux. But I really had to come to the point of giving God gaming mm. like I had to because here's what I want to do. I wanted to start a church in the gaming community, but I wanted to selfishly keep gaming for myself. And I, I realized that God, you know, for years, I and I'll say this probably on the show and have before I went to work and poured out all day long as a pastor. And then I came home and I played video games to escape people, sure. not to connect with them. And when you're stepping into what we're talking about here, whether that be live streaming like Susie you're doing, or that be starting an organization or leading X, Y, or Z, whatever you're, whatever you're considering, you're feeling like God's leading you to, making content on YouTube, whatever. You have to realize that like the, the love for this thing that you're doing has to be put on the altar as well. Absolutely. Like you have to give it to Jesus and say, do with this thing, which I love, whatever you want. And that was the most painful thing for me to the point where I've had to kind of strike deals with God and be like, God, Listen, Tears of the Kingdom gets to be mine, right? Like that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, one yeah. gets that one gets to be. You can have, you know, and because I I still need some of those spaces where I can decompress and game, but it can't be all of them anymore. No, um, it just it just has to look different. So tell us this as we're getting ready to close here. Um, what is it that you would give to the person who's thinking about starting out today? You know, one thing that you wished Matt knew in 2014 when you went to your wife and you bought an Xbox with a camera. Man, that is a, that's a loaded question. There's, cause there's so many things I would say, but if I were to wrap it down into, I guess, one major thought, I would encourage every single person who's thinking about getting into streaming today to really, and this is not to streaming, but anything, really anything in life to just like Jesus said, count the cost and really think through before you want to go in, especially because so many people have a habit of like, like you said earlier, Hey, I'm thinking about streaming. Let me just go spend a thousand bucks 
first and then decide if I like it after, right? <laughs> I would encourage you to do that the other way around. But it, it's more of just about the, it's more than just the technology, the equipment, and the stuff you're going to buy. Really, really weigh the cost. Like look into what is streaming? What is it going to entail? What does it look like to then, as a public internet figure, have parts of my life beyond display open to people's opinion, right? Doesn't mean like doesn't mean you can't have your own privacy, but there is a large part of your life that is going to be exposed. And whether you invited people to have an opinion or not, they're going to have an opinion. <laughs> have an opinion. Yep. And, yep, yep, yep. And really asking yourself, is the cost worth it to me? Is the sacrifice worth it to me? And really do some research and, and, and ask yourself, like, what even is that sacrifice? Like, what, is it, what does it look like? Don't just think about only the, you know, the highs and the pretty parts of streaming. What's the dark parts of streaming? And then asking myself two, two things. One, is that worth it to me? But then honestly, even more important, even if it's not worth it to me, has Jesus asked me to do it anyway? because there are going to be a lot of unexpected challenges that you might not expect that I didn't expect. But the reason I've been doing this for eight and a half years and the reason I haven't quit is not because I've never thought about it, but it's because even though the moments where I wanted to, Jesus said, I know this is difficult, but are you willing to do it because I asked you? Mm. And that is where for a lot of people where I've seen that have not made it over the years, either one of those things have happened. I didn't count the cost before I started or mm-hmm. two push came to shove and I wasn't, I wasn't willing to continue my obedience to Jesus who asked me to do this in the first place. And so really thinking it through, I think is important before you make a major decision. Now I'm not saying, you know, try it, see how you feel, but I'm talking about like, I've just seen a lot of people come into the space, make these big long-term commitments and then go back on them. Right. Yeah. Get into it, try it out, see how you feel about it. It's okay to try it and then realize you hate it, even though you thought you'd love it. But really counting the cost, seeking God, is it what he's asked you to do? And then if it is, the sacrifice you're doing is for him and for his glory, even if it's going to be challenging for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice. That's great advice for anybody who's kind of kicking it around and thinking about it. And to be fair, Matt, you've stuck with this advice for years. You probably don't know this, but probably the very first time you saw my screen name, uh, I was thinking about getting into it. I had a, an old laptop that I was recording uh, podcasts on that would basically, you know, catch on fire about halfway through each recording <laughs> sure, and sure. shut down. Um, and and I came in and, and honestly, I just asked you about equipment. I came in to ask you about your microphone, and your advice to me at that time was start streaming and see how long it takes you to raise enough money to afford that microphone before you decide if you're going to buy that microphone. Oh, wow. um, and, uh, and, and it, it, yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. It was good advice to kind of uh, sort of temper my, um, my expectations and to help me see like, and it really made me go to the drawing board and say, okay, is this just something that Mark wants to do? Or is this something that God is really calling me to do? And that was before Lux was even in the imagination, sure. right? Once God unveiled the, the plan for Lux, the vision was out in front of me at that point. Then, you know, the purchasing of equipment just became a tool for the vision. Sure, it, it no longer became like a an idol or a thing that I just really wanted because I saw somebody else who had it. Sure. So it's a really great advice uh, for, for people who are thinking about getting into it. And, uh, and guys, if you're listening in, listen, we're going to put a link 
to uh, Susie's uh, Twitch page and, uh, and YouTube and such in the description of this episode so you can check it out. And if you'd like to meet uh, Susie live uh, in person, then come to Nerd Culture Ministry Summit this November in Marble Falls, Texas. There's a link to that, but you can visit ncmsummit.com and you can register there. Fly on out and hang out with us. Uh, I'm going to be there. Uh, Susie's going yeah. to be there. Um, Amanda is going to, we're planning on being there. Um, I, I keep saying that, like, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for people. Um, but many of the people that you've heard on the show so far, including, including Savage and including, uh, Aki last episode and Bubba, maybe the episode before that, um, and, uh, and Dustin in the first episode, like we're all going to be there and we would love for you to meet us and get that chance. Um, to really, you know, there's going to be a lot of times you're not going to be able to grab any, you know, some of the people's attention that you might want to be able to grab to be able to get those questions asked. Right. Um, but at NCMS, you very likely will get that opportunity to engage in real conversation and just sit down and talk and ask questions. Sure. And so if you're considering this, make your way out to NCMS, make that investment. We can't wait to see you there because it's going to be a really awesome time. Um, but as for me, uh, Mark from Lux Digital Church and from Susie here from Susie Live, this has been another episode of the NCMU Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and be sure to come back for next episode. Thanks for listening to the NCMU Podcast and we would love to connect to you. Listen, there are links in the description of this episode to the people that were on the show, to the organizations and the networks and the movements that we are connected to here at the NCMU. You can grab that link to register for the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit November in Marble Falls, Texas this year, 2023. We'd love to see you there and we would love, love, love to hear from you until we find out where we're going to send everybody in terms of a Discord please feel free to email me at mark at luxdigitalchurch.com. We'd love to hear about what you're doing. And if you'd like to be on the show, email me, tell me about what you're doing. Tell us your story. We'd love to chat with you and get a chance to meet with you. And we'll see you next episode.